Parents, we do want you to notice as you go on a tour later of our improvements that there's a space over here. Some of our high school students are modeling what's going to happen in that space. It's a space for restless bodies to be doing activities uh, during the worship time. And so we actually intentionally created that space. So just be mindful that that's there for our children and maybe restless adults. We'll see. So we conclude our series on the Lord's Prayer, and I invite you to listen to God's Word, Matthew 6, just verses 7 through 13, and let me lead us in prayer as we prepare to hear. Lord, we can only listen and hear and receive your Word and know you and respond by the power of your Holy Spirit. So may your Spirit fill this Scripture and my words, and our listening, and our responding, for your glory. Amen. Matthew 6, beginning at verse 7, listen to God's word to you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. Now, interestingly enough, the phrase that I'm preaching on in the Lord's Prayer is not even in there. Right? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Maybe in some Bibles it will have it with a little note that says this is not in the original manuscripts. It's an addition. But it was very typical for Jewish people when they prayed a prayer like that and any prayer to actually add a benediction. And it probably, this benediction that's at the end of the Lord's Prayer was taken from 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11, which says this, Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. The great benediction and an important addition. And we know it's important because the very first word in this phrase, for, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. The for means because. We can pray all these things with confidence because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Amen. I have a devotional. Some of you have seen me or heard me talk about this daily devotional um, called Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. And on the inside, it has uh, the canticle of Zechariah. On the back, it has the prayer, the Magnificat by Mary. And it has devotional passages, psalms, and scriptures for every day. And usually at the end of the psalm, there are these words. And at the end of the scripture, it says, Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. 
Amen. That is the same sentiment, I think, that you're hearing at the end of the Lord's Prayer. The one who was, is now, and will be forever, our Trinitarian God. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Many of you know that today is All Saints Day, or it's not All Saints Day, but it's All Saints Sunday, when we worship together here and remember around the communion table the saints. And uh, one of the saints that died recently that's had a big impact on a lot of us is Eugene Peterson, a Presbyterian pastor who actually put together the translation of the Bible that many of you love called The Message. And I was reading an article about him, and in this article he says that at least half the Bible is written in poetry. Interesting. At least half the Bible is written in poetry. Why don't Christians immerse themselves more in poetry so that we can learn how language works? So in honor of Eugene Peterson, I have a poem that I want to read. It's a short poem. It's only 10 lines by William Stafford. It's called The Way It Is. And it really helped me understand the richness of this last phrase of the Lord's Prayer. There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread. But it's hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you do can stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. Do you like that poem? I liked it a lot. Because it sounds and feels like good news. Even in the midst of hard news and change and things that we don't get to control, there is the thread. And I think we're reminded of the thread in the conclusion of this prayer, which is profoundly good news. Yesterday afternoon, I went to the Shabbat service at the congregation Beth Jacob that's down the street on Alameda, and there was uh, encouragement from Daniel Weaver and wife Katie. They were going to go, and I thought, oh my gosh, that would be a great thing to do, to just stand in solidarity with them um, in what has been a horrific time. And so I went into worship, and the cantor was sitting. It was a very informal worship in the middle, the drum leading, singing uh, in Hebrew in the, in the Psalms. But there was a book that showed you how to pronounce it, and it just was very moving to me. And the rabbi, Nat Ezra, at the end came and just made it very clear how meaningful it was for everybody there that we came because over half the people in the room were not there because they were Jews. They were there because they were the community and wanted to stand in solidarity with this congregation at the end of a very, very hard week because of the shootings um, that had gone on in Pittsburgh. So one of the things that struck me the most was very simple, actually, and that was the cantor uh, when she was leading the singing, she paused in between one of the psalms and she said very gently, there's a lot of darkness in the room, but we always have Shabbat. Now that sounds somewhat empty, a phrase, but stop and think about it. There's a lot of darkness in this world, but we have Shabbat. 
There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die. You don't ever let go of the thread. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. One of the wonderful things about preaching on a small phrase like this, just this last phrase of the Lord's Prayer, is that you can really focus on the words. And so I jumped into the commentaries. I had a lot of commentaries on the Lord's Prayer. And I started really looking at the words. And several of the commentaries started talking about how political these words were. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not going there. You know, just the word political makes us all want to run out of the building with our hands in the air, including me. And so I noticed, too, that the curriculum that we have, we had six weeks of curriculum that were put together by leaders of our spiritual formation team and also on session, and none of them talked about any political language in this prayer. I thought, okay, either they didn't want to go there or their commentaries didn't go there either. But as I read more, just realizing there's something very profound about the good news in this phrase because of the nature of these political words in it. Something about this thread, precisely because it is naming a reality of what was and is and will be forever. And we hear it through the scriptures. We hear it from Isaiah, who's singing about this child who's been born to us, saying, the government shall be upon his shoulders. We hear it in Mary, singing about this life that's in her womb. And she's singing and saying, he has cast down the mighty from their thrones. Reading about the three wise men who came as far as they did, crazy, crazy travel, because there was a king who had been born. And Herod reacting the way he did because a king had been born. Pilate asking Jesus, are you a king? The very first thing that comes out of Jesus' mouth when he begins his ministry is that the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. It's good news because all government, all power, belongs to the one who was and is and is to come. No government can kill it, kill him, destroy him, no enemy, not even death. Many of you know the name Francois Duvalier, Papa Doc, does that ring a bell? Cruel, cruel dictator in Haiti in the 60s. And in 1964, he published what was called a Catechism of the Revolution. And it ended with this perversion of the Lord's Prayer. Our Doc, who are in the National Palace, hallowed be thy name in the present and future generations. Thy will be done at Port-au-Prince and in the provinces. Give us this day our new Haiti, and never forgive the trespasses of the anti-patriots who spit every day on our country. Let them succumb to temptation, and under the weight of their venom, deliver them not from any evil. Wow. How horrifying is that? And yet he recognized 
that there was kingdom and power and glory in this prayer that he wanted to twist in his own way for his kingdom and power and glory, which completely violated the people, completely violated the land and the country of Haiti. As was true in the Old Testament when Isaiah was singing about the future, as was true in the Roman Empire during the time of Jesus and in the writing of the scriptures, and is true today, much darkness, as this cantor said. Much darkness in the way leaders and governments use their power. We don't know why it gets to continue. And we lament. But it did not last. Francois Duvalier. And it won't last. And so, there has been much darkness and is much darkness now, but there is Shabbat. There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it never changes. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.